Hey everyone, it's another episode of Glitch Free Gaming. It's episode number 191. Hooray! Hooray. 191 episodes. 191. Yep. Getting ever close to that magic number of 666. That's it. It's the dream. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is uh, just a Kieran and myself this week. Uh, it seems to be, we seem to be doing like a tag team thing at the moment where one of us tags out and one of us goes <laughs> and does. <laughs> yeah. I seem to be mostly pre-accessing though, so I'm just like walking back and forth tagging both the end. So yes. Like, I'm always here. <laughs> yep. So, Kieran, uh, Kieran is here, yes. Uh, <laughs> Paul is doing real world stuff this time. So, that's cool. We have got a little bit of housekeeping. So, we were discussing, we're getting up to this time this year. Uh, we're doing a very strange thing this year where two of us are going on holiday kind of back to back. Yeah. So what we are thinking is that this is probably going to be the last episode you're here for a couple of weeks. Yeah, probably until, if not the last week of October, November. Yeah. Oh, we all reconvene and talk about Mario Odyssey. <laughs> yes, yeah, that'll be it. So, uh, because Kieran goes on holiday soon, and then when he comes back, I go go back. Um, so it would be quite difficult to try and get episodes done. I uh, there may be something, but probably not. So yeah, yeah. So, but uh, while we're here this week, we've got quite a lot to get through. We do tons of stuff. Yeah, lots of uh, lots of things. So. One of the things that you bought, uh, you've bought plenty of things, but you bought the new SNES Mini. I did. And? It's a really pretty mini Super Nintendo with controllers that feel a lot like original Super Nintendo controllers. All right, cool. Which is neat. It plugs into your TV with the HDMIs and you know, looks nice and crisp on your TV. No way, Super Nintendo probably wouldn't unless you had a bunch of converters connected to it. <laughs> um, it's really good. So it's got 21 games on it. Um, I'm not going to list all of them off. We did that a while ago. Yeah, we um, did, yeah. I played bits of most of them, not all of them. I've not really jumped into the RPGs because I know if I start playing Final Fantasy VI, then I won't play anything else for the rest of the year. Uh -huh. So <laughs> it's like, well... Uh, I played some Super Mario World. That's still one of the best games ever made. Cool. I played some Star Fox. That's not one of the best games ever made. <laughs> right. Um, impressive for the time, but when you go back to it, it's like, oh, that's that's that frame rate's not double digits. <laughs> maybe maybe there's a reason why. You weren't doing 3D on this console. Right. Um, I mainly played it because you have to play first level to unlock Star Fox 2, which is the game that kind of a lot of people are buying this for because it never actually came out. Yes. Even though it was finished. Uh, I only played a little bit of that. That seems quite interesting, though, because it has a bunch of like real-time strategy elements and stuff where you're flying around, blocking things, and then that takes you into the Star Fox levels. Right. Um it seems quite cool. It's very ambitious and it seems to run a little bit better than the original Star Fox. So it's probably a little bit more playable. Um, but yeah, most of, most of the time I've been putting into it has been into Super Mario World and uh, 
Kirby Superstar, which is one of the better Kirby games. It's like a collection of eight different kind of smaller Kirby games. Um, yeah, so I've just been working my way through some of those. It's, it's fun. It's a neat thing to have. It's completely inessential, is what I would say, though. Like, there's no good reason to actually, you know, own it. But it is a neat thing to have. Cool. Yeah. Um, don't feel like people need to run out and buy one, or if if they could. There's no, there's no like killer app on. Like you could play, right. you've probably played Super Mario World already. You know, mm-hmm. you you probably have a dozen ways to play. You probably have played Super Metroid, or have some other way to play it. If you don't, then it is a good collection of those things. But yeah. Yeah. Um. I. I. I think for anyone listening to the podcast, I did have one pre-ordered and then promptly cancelled it when I went mad and bought the Switch and every game ever made yeah. for the Switch. <laughs> yeah. um, That's probably a better choice, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. Did you have a look at the Final Fantasy on it yet? or uh, Not really. Um, just because, I again, I, I know I'd play a lot of it because it's one of my favourite Final Fantasies. If not right. Favorite. Because that's six. It's the one with Terra. It's the one with suplexing trains. It's the one that has Kefka in it. Yes. It's one of the best. One of the best. Probably my favorite, actually. Um. Yeah, it's definitely up there. Yeah. It's a shame that, like, there are a couple. There are like three RPGs on that. There's Final Fantasy Six. Or three, technically. Um, there's Secret of Mana. And there's... Which I've never played Secret of Mana before, so I'm looking forward to playing that. And then there's um, Super Mario RPG. And it's kind of a shame, because although those are... I mean, I've not played Secret of Mana, but I've heard that it's a very good game. Those are supposed to be like really, really good games. Mm-hmm. I feel like it really... They should have put Chrono Trigger on this. Like, Chrono Trigger is the best RPG on the Super Nintendo. <laughs> like, it's one of the best all-time Super Nintendo games. It's a real bummer it's not on there. Um, yeah, but... See, the, the the other thing, and I think we said it about the, the NES classic as well, is this, you know, this bullheadedness that they're saying, right, it's going to have 21 games on it and that's it, done. Mm-hmm. There's there's no way of adding games to it. Yeah, but I suspect that they're ramping up production of this with the idea <laughs> that they're going to keep selling it like indefinitely and then bring out the NES one again. It would not shock me if we eventually also see another Super Nintendo one with different games on it. Right. Like if they're ramping up production and they're like, okay, well, there's a market for this. People will buy these, then it wouldn't shock me if they go, here's the Super Nintendo Mini Classic 2. It has... Chrono Trigger, and uh, to be fair though, they've also like they've a lot of the best Super Nintendo games are on this. So actually, I guess I don't know what they would do a second one. So maybe not. Yeah, it would just be nice if you had the ability to, you know, get the other stuff yeah. on there. Yeah, definitely. That's why I hope they're still doing. I hope they eventually do a Virtual Console on the Switch. Yeah. Like it would be much nicer if I could play these games on my Switch. But it's nice to have the little controllers. Like the little, I say little, they're full-size Super Nintendo controllers they make for it. Uh-huh. Are, like, they're really high quality. 
they're much better than any of the like kind of you know fake ones that I've played with over the years, like USB ones and stuff like that. Um, because I've you know played with those every now and again. So I'd be like, I wouldn't mind one of those for playing games on my PC. Uh huh. But they've never been as kind of high quality as this. It, this just feels like a Super Nintendo controller. Right. So it's it's interesting. It's it's a fun thing. Um, there's a lot of good games on the Super Nintendo though, so I think no matter what they picked, you know, it would never have felt complete. There would always be ones that people are like, oh man, why is, you know, why is Chrono Trigger not on there? Why is, uh, my mind's blanking. Why is Mario All Stars not on there when Mario World is? Like, why do we have one Mario game on this when we could have all the Mario games on this? <laughs> uh, Yoshi's Island's also on it as well, to be fair, which I had only played a little bit of Yoshi's Island before, so I played through the first couple of levels of that. That game right, pretty okay. good. Cool. One of the faster Super Nintendo games as well. That's the thing you notice when you go back to Super Nintendo games, is they're all quite slow. Like, it was the thing that at the time Sega made fun of. Because they're like, look how fast Sonic is, we can make fast games. And it's like, well, they had a point, you know? Right. Mario World is a fantastic <laughs> game. It's actually quite slow compared to modern games. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it, it's a cool thing. It's, I, I'm enjoying it and I'm glad I bought it, but would not necessarily recommend it. Uh-huh. Those controller cables are still really small. They're longer than the NES Classic ones were, but... Man, not by much. <laughs> I'm super sure. I had to like move some stuff in my living room so I could sit in a chair and also play this. Oh wow! And then you also you have to be near enough the console anyway because it doesn't have any extra buttons on the controller. So to right. reset it to play a different game, you have to hit the reset button on the console. Oh gosh! Which is <laughs> silly. It's yes, still, it's it's kind of like it's got a weird nostalgic thing, but it's. I mean, I say nostalgic thing. I never used the reset button on my Super Nintendo unless something like crashed. I was right. off until the thing out. Uh, so this is like weird. For <laughs> hitting this. Um, I also quite like that the power button is not just a button; it is actually like a little switch, like it was on the the original Super Nintendo. Right. Like a little thing you flick up, and then that's the power on. Um, it's kind of neat that they went to the lengths of doing little bits like that. Cool. Make it. Anyway, it's it's cool. That's what I'd say. Uh, fair enough. Yeah. Um, you've been playing new games as well, though. Brand new. I games. have. Yes, I have been Force playing all sorts seven. of stuff. Yes. About Force of Seven. Tell me about those blind boxes filled with cars. <laughs> yeah. So. <sighs> um. It's that time of year. Uh, Forza comes out. Uh, uh, I kind of like it because it's close to, well, you know, it's normally a day or so before or after my birthday, around about then. So I always get the, the latest Forza. So I picked it up this week. And up, same as always, it looks very pretty. Yeah. Uh, it looks excellent. From the opening and the kind of aesthetic and things that they're going for, these guys know Gran Turismo is coming out. Mm-hmm. soon Definitely. and so it feels it's got a bit more of a a clinical and, and more serious feel so it like start... has been slowly getting that way over the years yeah it's 
This one is, I'm still a little bit perplexed. And I've played quite a bit, uh, but when you start it, you're, you've got this story about, you know, oh, it's, you know, racing's a very serious thing and racing in cars is very serious and, you know, the usual yeah. nonsense you get in the start of one of these games. It then it goes on about this thing it's created called you know the Forza Cup. It's the the ultimate achievement in racing that every driver wants to win and be the Forza Cup champion. Yeah. And to give you a little bit of the the feel, it goes into this thing. You know, to be able to do the ultimate racing as it is now, you have to understand the past, and you get an opportunity to do three different races a lap in various cars and it's based on previous winners and it's people they've made up and situations they've made up mm-hmm. but it's got like a real world feel to it and it's quite cool because you get a chance of racing cars or a little shot of racing in cars that you're not going to get to racing immediately yeah. so it's the equivalent of it's like in <laughs> It's like the start of Metroid where they have all of your abilities and then you yes, like, get yeah, injured yeah. and lose all of them, but it's cars. Yeah, um, but it's uh, it reminds me of the the opening to the Forza Horizon games. Yeah, you know where they give you a car, it's uh, all kitted out, and you get to do all these cool things, and that's what it is. And then you start off, and it says you can either jump into multiplayer or you can start chasing the cup it's the career mode yeah and what they've done this time is it's broken into five different cups five different sections that you're competing in and it's it's pretty much the same game as forza six yeah in but they've changed the you know it's no longer called the career mode it's the forza cups it's not called the beginner's phase it's called the the journeyman cup mm-hmm. and then they have different races inside there so you know within the first section of cups then you can go to the hatchback section yeah. you pick a hatchback you take place a uh, you have four races and you're racing as much as you can what they've done this time is that you're racing for points and it's not like 10 points for a first place. It's a weird system. You need to be earn a total of 1,700 points to move on. You know, So you're in the, ha- the hatchback racing. Mm-hmm. And to complete it, there's 1,700 points that you can get. Um, of those 1,700, they go towards the grand total of 25,000, for example, that would then push you out of the journeyman cup and into the next cup section. Okay. Yeah. Uh, just a, mixed up things slightly. Uh, they have got the... Did you play Forza 6 at all? I didn't. last one I played was 5, I think. Yeah. Yeah, you mucked around with my my yeah. copy of 6 just for the, the game of the year stuff. Yeah. The only so, Forza I picked up on the Xbox One was Horizon 3. Right. One of the things they had, I don't know if they had it in 5, because 5 was, let's face it, was terrible. But one of the things they had in 6... had all that, like, overly dramatic, like, action movie music the whole time. Yes, yeah, and... uh, 
Yeah, and it had absolutely no content yet. It was all DLC. <laughs> yeah, and it had all of the Top Gear guys in it just before Top Gear went away. <laughs> yes, yeah, Forza Six hilariously has the minute, and they had to <laughs> yeah. they had to frantically go through the game and scrub out any reference to Top Gear. <laughs> so good. Uh, but um, yes, uh, this one it brings back the mod system. So the mods are, you could basically, a little bit like the kind of VIP system that's in place for the, excuse me, Forza Horizon 3. Mm -hmm. You can put a mod into your game and the mod says that if you drive in a race and you use the cockpit view and you only use the cockpit view, it will increase the number of credits you can earn and it will also increase your um, your experience Mm -hmm. okay um you with now you get three slots for mods and you put the mods in they have limited uses some of them are one shot some of them uh, can be used three times uh and the way that you get mods is you buy them using your money so now you're not only trying to buy different cars for your garages to take place in races you need to balance between having money for cars and money for the mods yeah um you can you don't have to use mods there's no problem at all but it will make ranking up and earning money a lot slower yeah make it more grindy yes that seems kind of weird as well though that you have to do it through mods like that feels like something that if you wanted to play if you wanted to make a game more difficult for yourself by turning off assists, you yes. got more experience and stuff for it. Like that was just how the game worked before. The idea yes. of it being, oh, if you put this mod on that says that you're definitely going to have that assist off, it seems like a really weird way of handling that. Well, no, not really, because what you can do is you can put the game. Let's say you put it on all easy. Mm-hmm. So let's say you're Paul, and because Paul's not by his own admission he's not the best at the racing games but he loves them he likes to play them so when paul plays he plays with all the assists on uh, i'm kind of somewhere in between i have some of them on some of them off yeah same. yeah so but let's say somebody like paul plays and they reckon i ah, probably i wonder what it's like playing without the racing line and only having it for the braking mm-hmm. well he has the incentive to try it because the mod says if you use this mod we will auto you don't have to go into the settings and turn it off it the mod does it automatically for you yeah and i think the bit that seems like uh like a slight not really much of an issue but a little bit of an issue to me is that so then you get additional experience and stuff like that for doing that yes but for example if i already play with the racing line off all the time yeah then I need to also have that mod that specifically forces me to have it off, even though I already do, to get extra points. No, um, no, you're getting out. So the game has, it's always been, uh, I think Forza Horizon does it as well, is where you turn you turn those mods off mm-hmm. or you, you turn those assists off and you normally get, you know, plus five plus 5% extra credits, yeah? So and also, if you, yes, it still oh, has okay. that. That's what I was meaning. This. No, no, it's not. It's not nerfing the game. Mm. What what it is doing for the likes of you and me, if we've got certain assists turned off, 
it just means we, we can, yeah, we we get, um, we'll always get it anyway, but then using the mod, we get double the benefit more that makes sense. slightly. Yeah. Um, but for a novice, I think the mod system works really well because it gives you an incentive to try and you might get through the race and thought, shit, that was easy. Yeah. You know, so I always turn, um, I think I keep ABS on, but I, tu- I have normal steering. Um, I take a lot of the different, uh, I have normal braking, various things, and I take them off. But now I get extra benefits for doing it as well. Yeah, I usually turn a bunch of stuff off. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's quite good. So I, I've start, just got the started up the game so I can have a look. But, yeah, so you get the what they call the, the first season is the, the Seeker Championship. And within the Seeker Championship, you can pick various uh, types of different races. You can race trucks, there's hatchbacks, um, historic uh, road racing, there's like supercar stuff, uh, open wheel legends. And obviously not all of them are available straight away. You know, the, the idea is you unlock a couple, move on to the next championship, and then you can always go back. Uh, exact same way all the other forces have been. You know, way back to yeah. like Forza 2 and Forza 3. One of the things it does bring back as well, and it does it slightly differently this time, is the challenges. So I think from Forza 5 had these challenges. Uh, a lot of them were on the the Top Gear test track. So you go 10-pin bowling. You drive through all the pins. Mm-hmm. Um, it has that in it. Um, it has... They have... Uh, a Jim Carter race with Ken Block. They have uh, the overtaking races, which were they had them scattered in just throughout the career mode in Forza Six. Yes. This time, there's a specific section for them. That's very cool. Um, yeah, it's quite good. So all of that is fine. The thing that I'm finding a bit strange is the driving. At the moment, it feels so. You know, we said the whole thing's looking more clinical. It is a way aware of the big, the granddaddy's coming this year, Grantismo's coming, and it's obviously trying to prepare itself. And it feels like the handling of the game has it's it's trying to make that step to realism, but it's it's still on the arcade side. It's it feels a bit tight is the best way I can describe it at the moment. Mm-hmm. And that that will that probably won't make any sense to anybody. <laughs> Unless they've already played a bunch of Forza and they're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, it just... Forza Horizon feels very arcadey, quite loose. Um, this feels stiff and tight. Mm-hmm. It feels like you're you're struggling a little bit with the car to get it to turn and accelerate in the right way. The acceleration is a bit strange. It feels, you know, if I turn the corner and I'm holding down the accelerator or I don't brake and then, you know, accelerate into the apex at the right time and and do the cornering just right, it feels like I'm being penalised. It feels like my power and my acceleration decreases and I'm not getting any feedback from the controller to let me 
you know how you normally get feedback and you can feel right I was too tight going into that corner or I was too early yeah. applying the brakes or the accelerator whatever it is this just feels like someone's decided I need to cut the power and the power was was going uh, the first couple of times that that happened uh, I figured <laughs> I figured out that the game automatically turns on the assisted braking on <laughs> So that got fucked off. Yeah, um, but, yeah. yeah. I noticed that but in the it, demo as well. Cause I, I've played the demo of Forza 7. I've not played... Oh, right, okay. Uh, which has uh, like three races. And I only did two of them because I wasn't really interested in racing trucks. Um, but yeah, I, I was confused as to why the brake assist was turned on to start with. And it's like I'm just trying to take corners like really tightly. And then all of a sudden my car just slows to stop. And it's like, what are you doing? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah let me let me be a fucking bad driver come on yeah um so yeah i've done i've done one championship i've done a a good couple of challenges i think i've done six challenges and i've completed three races sets of four races and yeah enjoying it it's quite good I'll probably play a lot more, but there's a shitload of good racing games coming that I still need to get and play. So, Gran Turismo, yeah, Gran Turismo's coming out, like I said, in two or three weeks, and I'll definitely be picking that up. And I still have not even scratched Dirt Four yet. I haven't. I need to pick up Dirt Four. I need to pick up. I need to pick up all these games. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the, you need to pick up either Dirt 4 or WRC7, I think. Yeah. Um, dark, I, think. I would... I'd probably point you in that, that direction, unless you're a diehard Rally fan. Yeah. You know, and you want to see the guys from WRC, you'll get more... You'll get more... Th- which also, the reason I haven't picked up Dirt 4 yet is that I still have Dirt Rally there, not, like, heavily played, so... Well, see, I was the same until I got the review copy of uh, WRC 7, and then it was, I had a look at Dirt Rally, I put Dirt Rally in, and fantastic game, and I thought, shit, WRC's standing up to that very well, I yeah. wonder how how 4 will mix in with that. Yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, I did it for science. For science. That, yes, for science, yeah. That's that, that's my excuse, and I'm sticking with it. <laughs> and yeah so i'm hoping i can play a lot more of forza 7 than i did of forza 6 and the reason i didn't play more of forza 6 was probably the same reason as most games at that point there was just that much happening there was that many good games coming so forza 6 is what two years ago uh yeah it will be because it's off with horizon yes yeah so, the, and we know the last two years of video games wasn't too bad at all. Yeah. You know, we had lots of stuff coming out. So, I'm hoping that I can spend a bit more time with Forza 7. But if you're wondering, should I get it? Do you like Forza? The answer is yes. Then, yeah, go for it. I, I can't tell you much more in terms of the cars and stuff because I'm still, like, like I said, I'm quite early days in it, so I don't know no, all the cars and everything. Oh, really? 
Or uh, there's very little to it, at least. Uh, they started doing new licensing things with their stuff, so most Toyota uh-huh. is not in there. I think there's a couple of like uh, prototype things and stuff like that in there, but there's not the bulk of their their vehicles are not in that game. All right, okay. It's interesting. Hmm. Yeah. I didn't even notice. To be fair, I'm not a big fan of like the supers and things like that. Yeah. No, yeah, I probably wouldn't have and, noticed if I hadn't already known it. Yeah, and they've normally the supers are probably normally the only ones they put in there. They and maybe a, the odd Yaris. I don't know. You say that, but Forza always has a, a lot of cars. In it. <laughs> yes, yeah, but they don't always. It's not like um, like Camrys and Corollas and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, we digress. <laughs> But yes, uh, check out Forza 7 anyway. It's quite good. You have, on the other hand, have been playing something that feels a lot older anyway and probably a lot more difficult. Uh, You picked up Cuphead. I did pick up Cuphead. I think you did as well, didn't you? I did, yes. Yeah, Cuphead is not what I was expecting it to be. Um, Right, okay. Like, I knew it was a 2D platformer with this, you know, beautiful old style kind of old animation style art style um which is is that that stuff is all great like uh, there's no other game that looks like cuphead no they definitely nailed that aesthetic in a way that i've never seen like it looking at it just you, it feels weird that it is a video game yes and it absolutely. Weird. it's one of those things where when we expect when we think of you know video games that you know, have that kind of moment for us where we're like, oh, look how far video games have come. Usually we kind of think of, you know, the big 3D things like Horizon Zero Dawn and even the racing games, you know, like Forza 7 looks pretty fucking fantastic. Destiny and Halo and things like that, yeah. Cuphead was like one of those games where I looked at it and it's like, Jesus Christ. Especially given they just got the Super Nintendo Mini, just being like, we've come a long way. (laughs) Yes. Um... Yeah, they really nail all that aesthetic stuff. Um, but it's not quite what I was expecting. It's probably better than I was expecting, to be fair. Uh, just because all I really knew about it is that it was a you know, 2D platformer, uh, mainly focused on boss fights, but they added in some platforming levels as well, mainly because people complain a bunch. Yes. Um, which I actually think those are by far the weakest point in the game. Um. um... Yeah, quite possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think they're good. I don't think I don't think there's any bad things in this game, but I, I do think that it's definitely not as strong as the boss fights, which are obviously like the main focus. Uh huh. And the boss fights are really good. Um, but when I heard it was that kind of game, I thought it was going to be like a kind of Mega Man style platformer, but it's way closer to something like Gunstar Heroes or even like Contra or. You know, that kind of run-and-gun shooter. Yeah. Yeah, it does remind me of Contra, now that you've said it. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, um, what was the other one by the guys that made Gunstar Heroes? Alien War? Alien Star? Oh, whatever. There was another one that was basically like Gunstar Heroes. Well. It, it reminds me of kind of the old, uh, the kind of Konami run-and-gun games. Yeah, definitely. You know, um... Yeah, it's it definitely got its head in firmly in the old school kind of platformer yeah. thing, and just, then it's just, just got not, this. 
just not the old school that I thought it was going to go for when they first announced it. Right. Um, but it's really fucking good. <laughs> like those boss fights are insane, and they look super pretty. And they do a real good job of just like nailing everything they try to do with that art style and with the different stages of each boss fight. Um, yeah. Like all of boss fights usually have at least three stages. I've been through one that had like four or five, and like the boss usually will like change form entirely and then change up all of his attacks. And it's all old school, you know, boss fights where you're, you know, it's all pattern recognition and taking advantage of stuff. And it's just some of the best designed boss fights like I've played in a game in quite a long time. Uh huh. And it's it's got just really good mechanics in general like it has this cool parry mechanic where if an enemy shoots something at you or does an attack or something and it's pink anything on screen basically that is pink if you double jump onto it you will parry it which gives you an extra bar to do another special attack but also you know usually will do some do some damage or prevent a thing um, right so like i don't know have you done the fight against the the sunflower yet I I tried it and got my ass kicked. It's, it was and... one of the first ones that I found really hard. Right. Um, but you know that that sunflower like at some point will shoot little seed spores down, and when they land on the ground, little vines will kind of pop up. Uh huh. So depending on the color of the spore, different things pop up. So there's like a brown one that makes a little plant that is like a little kind of dog thing that will go back and forth on the ground and bite. There's a blue one that makes a kind of higher up plant that will like fire off one thing then die. But then the pink ones which you can parry bring up these little flying guys that will fly back and forth and drop things on you and are a real pain in the ass to kill. But if you parry that before it even hits the ground one you have an extra super attack now but also two that thing never gets spawned. So there's like strategy to it and like multiple layers, which is just really cool. Um, yeah, it's it's fucking good. <laughs> basically, um, how much of it have you played so far? Uh, I have played. Uh, I think I've done four or five of the the different challenges. I've done two of the. The running guns. I've only passed one of them. I did <laughs> the boss battle. I did the boss battle where you fight the giant potato. That's you start with the giant potato. Yeah. And then once you defeat the potato, there's other bosses that come through. Uh, I did. I quite enjoyed that one. I, I kind like of figured. I figured out the 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 pattern for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I also I did try to figure out the blue ooze thing. No, the ball. Oh yeah, yeah. That was actually one of my favorite boss fights so far. Um, I've I struggled to find the pattern with that one, and that that's it's weird. I I can see the pattern in them, but what they've done and what it feels like they've done and what feel uh, what I think is very clever, especially in the running gun ones, mm-hmm. is they they slightly tweak the rhythm of them. Yeah, not much. It's by a beat or two beats, and. It just it throws you, and it takes all that while to get back into it. Mm-hmm. I'm finding as well that certain levels become easier to complete with certain power ups. Yes, yeah, I find that as well. 
and yeah so it's the trick is trying to find out which ones you need yeah like that uh that slime the blue slime did i found uh-huh. a lot easier to fight when i had the one of the upgrades you can buy makes your dash uh makes you invincible while you dash because all oh, right by okay default, if you dash it just means you move faster but you still get hit by stuff um but you get a vanishing dash that basically just makes you it, the animation is literally you poof out of existence then poof back in like a, a like nightcrawler and x-men or something like you're just all right you're okay just like bamfing forward the same distance as you would usually da- uh, dash which means you can basically dodge through enemies right okay and that was really useful for that one because you know he's a big enemy it takes up a lot of the screen so when he gets near you you can just dash through him and then dodge all of the stuff um so that stuff's pretty good and I, I like there's that kind of strategy to it um all the weapon upgrades seem just really interesting like one of the first ones i bought was uh a boomerang one. Oh right okay which, i bought the triple shot yeah the triple shot i feel like i probably should have bought instead but the boomerang <laughs> one's fun it's weird though it goes further across the, like if you just shoot it straight ahead it will not reach the end of the screen Right. So if you're like right on the opposite end of the screen of the enemy, you just won't be able to hit him. But if you shoot it behind you, it comes back, and then it goes all the way to the end of the screen. So it right. goes further if you shoot it behind you, which is handy for boss fights when they're doing things that uh, force you to dodge away from them. Because if you're dodging away from them, you're not going to be looking at them, so it's harder to hit them. But you can just keep firing. You just hold down the button while you're, you know, running away from them, and all your shots will come back and hit them. So it's it's a neat thing. Like they, they have a lot of cool like weapon variety in that game, which again I didn't really expect. Yeah, it's there's a lot more depth to it than I originally thought. Yeah. I thought it was gonna be like an old school platformer and yeah, that was it really. <laughs> yeah. And it is, but it's a really good one, that's the main thing. They've they've thought about it a hell of a lot. There's a lot of thought went into it and the challenges they, I think they've they've got together and they thought, right, how can we make the people fucking cry? <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely um, like it's one of those games that is just. I wouldn't even say it's brutally difficult. Like it is hard, but it's fair. Yes, yeah, it's. It, when you fail, it's it's nobody's fault but your own. Yeah, with maybe the I would say maybe the exception to that is actually the running gun levels where there are enemies spawning in and stuff like that in a way that is slightly not random because they're all placed but slightly less easy to it's less organized than the boss fights are yeah yeah which is fine those running gun levels are good but i feel like those boss fights are much tighter um and then there's also a bunch of boss fights where it turns into shoot 'em up where you're you get in a little plane and you fly left to right and shoot stuff all right okay and those are also really good um... yeah i'm i'm finding because i haven't done that much there's not as many coins available as i would like they only seem to come from the running gun levels yes that's what i found which is a strange choice i think yeah um but the boss levels some of them that i've tried i am really struggling there's the the two kind of like boxing things that you're trying to fight. Yeah. And I just cannot for the life of me figure them out at the moment. Um, I think I really like the game. I love the way it looks, but 
I'm also conscious of the fact that every time I'm playing it, it's like late at night. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's it's nobody's fault but my own that is kicking the shit out of me. Yeah, that happens. Uh, I feel like that's somewhat been the same for me as well. Like I finished that first island, but I redid like the last boss of it. Or, I mean, you can do them in any order. That's kind of one of the cool things about it is you have this like, yeah. old school overworld map that you can just walk around. And did you find the shortcut? Uh, which one? There's a couple. I on the island where you can you go around the corner and you basically cross the island. You mean like when you go under the bridge? Yes. Yeah, I didn't notice until I got to the other side though. So I already got to the other side and then I walked up and under the bridge. I was like, <laughs> God damn it! I could have just. <sighs> Yeah, that's where all the aerial stuff is as well, up the kind of north side of that island. Is where you get, all right, like, okay. You get like a tutorial for playing stuff. Ah. Uh, yeah, and it's got difficulty settings stuff. Um, you can't finish the game on easy. Oh, okay. It I. Doesn't like you. Yeah. Um, the boss. Oh yes, yeah. The boss fights are the ones where you can pick the difficulty. Yeah. Have you picked the difficulty? I've purposely not no i have to stuck with normal right yeah because i was thinking about it and then i thought no i'm not going to yeah it doesn't seem like any game i'd want to give up any of the challenge in. yes like yeah. sometimes sometimes if it's something like really story heavy or whatever i'm like eh, yeah i'll just you know get out of this and you know basically like in the uncharted games where by the end of it, it becomes tons of bullet sponge stuff and you're like man i cannot board with this combat because it's not the best shooter ever so I'm going to set this down to easy because I really want to see the end of Nathan Drake's story. Yes, <laughs> you know, yeah. The, Cuphead's not really that kind of game. It's like, I don't I don't really care whether Cuphead and Mugman manage to get all the souls <laughs> for the devil, but I want to play the game where I get to do that. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah, and it's such a good... Uh, like, it has a story which is... It's a pretty good story for how silly it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Definitely worth checking out, I would say. I agree. Um, I take it you're playing on Xbox One? Yes, I am, yeah. And it's all good on there. I've been playing on PC. Right. Um, yeah, I haven't I haven't had any issues at all. That's cool. Um, yeah, it looks absolutely stunning. I love the filters that they have on it where... You know, it looks like the old cartoon where you've got the the negative blemishes. Yeah, I'm not usually a big fan of like kind of film grainy style fillers and stuff, but this is one of the few games where it's like, oh no, you need you, you make this work. This works. So yeah, works and so well. the the sound has got the crackle on it sometimes. I love the sound. I love how understated all of the sound is. Like, yeah, none of it is except for the shopkeeper, the pig guy that is like. You know, super oh, yes. loud voice lines, and it's way louder than anything else in the game. Yes, um, which is great because that's kind of how that stuff was. Um, yeah, I love all that stuff. They they nail all of their aesthetic stuff. The music's really good. Like that song that plays over the main menu. It's yes, just, it's just the best. <laughs> um, yeah, they they fucking nail all that stuff. I'm I'm glad they managed to pull it together, and I'm also glad that it's more than just that. Because, you know, we have plenty of indie games that are just games that are super pretty, but not much when you actually start playing them. Yes. But, you know, when you when, when you have something like Cuphead, which is also just 
really, really fun to play. This uh -huh. is great. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to play more of that. I'll probably be talking about that until the end of the year. It will be... Yeah. Yes, I think so, yeah. Yeah, it's one of those games that I feel has happened multiple times this year where, and like, I, you know, try not to think too hard about Game of the Year stuff before actually Game of the Year, unless we're actually planning things. Yeah. But I think Cuphead is one of those games that you look at it and you're like, man, the graphics category is going to be a real fucking mess this year. Yes. We're about yeah. To compare, like, the most technically impressive game like possibly ever made and Horizon Zero Dawn against fucking Cuphead. Yes. <laughs> it's going to be a weird one. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, fun times. Good, um, good. Yeah, so um, you've been playing some Cul-de-Sep Revolt as well. Yes, yes. So this is... Have you... Have you heard of Cogset? Have you played it at nope. all? Or nope. I thought I had, and I realised I was getting it mixed up with an entirely different game series. Right. So Cogset is a game. It's reaching its. I think it's its twentieth anniversary this year. Yeah. Um. Hence the reason for this game. Originally, it came out on the Sega Saturn, I believe. I should have played it then because I had a Sega Saturn. Yeah. Um. Released mainly in Japan. I'm not too sure if there was a European version that actually ever hit here. Um, so it is, it's a very Japanese game. And the best way to describe it is it's a board game slash card game. Uh, and then it's wrapped around this kind of, you know, the Fire Emblem story. Yeah. The uh, some stranger wakes up, lost all his memories, uh, but he's gifted. I remember um, that you meant the basic story. You didn't mean like the overarching connecting universe thing. Because in which case, me saying yeah is a major lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know the the basic story. If you played, um, was it Awakenings? Yeah. The Awakenings was the was that one. Yeah, yeah. And I think it, it's got that the that story is in the Fire Emblem Heroes as well. Yeah. You wake wake. Who are you? I don't know, but I know my name. My name is blank, and you fill your name Mars. in. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, we don't know who you are, stranger, but you're really good at this thing. Um, and th that's it. So the <laughs> the unit is weapons on these three on this triangle. Are you good at? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh wow, you're really good at them. <laughs> that is that is it. It takes that and it uses that, but it's set in this kind of this world that people are locked they live in this kingdom and the, some evil tyrant has locked the gates and basically they they live in this city and people want to get out that's essentially the story um, or is little of it that I've been able to get at the moment but the, the meat of the game so think of it kind of a game where the main idea is this card game in this case it's a board game that you're playing but there's a story wrapped in there and it's like a generic fire emblem story so it's like the game itself yeah <laughs> so the, the game that you the game that you're playing it called set 
is it's like Monopoly crossed with a collectible card game. Wait, wait. (laughs) You're like combining two of my least favorite things. Yeah, so. It's like you're saying it's a combination of Hitler and Donald Trump. It's like, I I don't know, man. I don't know if I'm bored for this. I. I'm I'm quite torn about this as well, and you'll 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 see why. So, and I yeah, did I mention I've got this for review? I'm I'm currently reviewing this thing. So you, the game is played on a board. It can be any shape, but when they first teach you the game, it's played on, uh, like a square. Uh-huh. You know, uh, like the the perimeter of a board, like a monopoly board. Yeah. You're traveling on these squares around the outside of the board, um, but then you get different shakes, shapes. Sometimes uh, they teach you on just like a straight line. Sometimes it's kind of like a figure of eight, but done with squares. Okay. Um, yeah. So you travel around the board, and once you do a full lap, okay. So you roll your you roll dice. The game's got dice dice rolling. Yeah, I I know, I know. So you roll the dice and then you move the number of squares that you're you're told. Uh, once you do a complete lap of the board, then you get points. Now the points, <laughs> yes. Once you pa- literally once you pass go, you collect money. Okay. Now there's certain goal points. Depending on the map, there can be up to three goal points. And what you need to do is you need to cross each, each of them, once to signify that you've done a lap. Okay. I can't remember. Okay. Of, um, what was the what's the Monopoly style game that Square Enix makes? Um, uh, Boom Street. Uh, oh yeah. I can't, I can't remember what the other versions of it were called, but Boom Street and the Wii. Uh, that yes. had a thing where you had to collect the four uh, thingy, the four uh, signs on cards. Uh, yes. And once you got all four of those, that was the equivalent of pass and go. Right, yeah. This one, uh, imagine if you've got a big square and each of the corners has got a gate on it. Yeah. yeah and I, you think, pa- I think they, exa- they had basically exactly that in one of the levels as well. Yeah, yeah. So you you get, you know, like you've passed checkpoint one, two, three. Yeah. Congratulations, you've completed a lap. Here's some money. Except it's not money, it's a G. Huh. I don't know why it's G, but the whole thing is they call it magic. Yeah, magic. Um Yeah, I possibly. <laughs> that these are the points of the game. This is what drives the game. The you need um you need this resource to um, do certain things, but you also, it counts as your total score. Um, and I'm not doing a very good job selling this. I just realized this. <laughs> so, Whatever. yeah. I've enjoyed these kind of games. In the past. <laughs> yeah. So you, you move around the board, roll the dice and move around the board and you land somewhere. When you land somewhere, you can play a card from your hand. Your hand, you've got the... Uh, be two types of cards. You've got monsters and you've got spells and traps. Mm-hmm. Um, you can play a monster from your hand and it then lives on that board, on that square on the board. Um, you've got a uh, three types of monsters. I think you've got Earth, uh, four, sorry, uh, 
green, blue, yellow, and red. And each of them signify one of the elements. Uh, blue for water, fire for red, etc., etc. Same, the, the usual, yeah. right? Um, and it's more beneficial if you put a blue monster on a blue square. Yeah. You'll get a little bit more of a bonus. Um, you can also, if you have uh, three blue monsters on blue squares, or let's say you have three blue squares occupied with your monsters, that is more beneficial to you than just having one squ- one square with a blue, uh, one blue square, one red square, and one yeah. yellow square. So it is a bit like Monopoly, except except you're not placing houses and hotels; you're placing monsters. When somebody else wrote on their turn and they come across and they land on your square with your monster on it, they can then they have to pay you money. They have to pay a toll. And now that toll depends on one, the type of monster that's there and whether you upgraded the square previously. So once you've got a monster on a square, you can upgrade it, make it better, therefore making it more expensive for somebody to land on. But you don't have to pay them the toll. If you want, you can have a battle. So you can place a card from your hand and say, right, I'm going to try and take control of the square. You then have a battle where whoever's got the high, the, the basically whoever's got the most attack and the and can still withstand an attack with their health. So each monster has an attack and health. If you attack and that monster survives, then Nothing happens. If you manage to beat that monster, he buggers off. You don't have to pay the toll, and that's now your square. Uh, you can modify your attacks as well. So when you both, when you play, you say, right, I'm going to attack that square. You bring out a monster for your hand, and you can both modify your creature by playing a face-down card. And it may add more attack. It may add, <clears throat> excuse me, may add more health. Okay. Yep. Um, I, that's really it. You're going round and uh, you're taking turns, rolling the dice, landing on squares, placing monsters. Um, or if you're not placing monsters, you are then upgrading your squares, you know, making it more expensive for somebody to land on. Or what you can do, let's say on one side of the board, you've got a monster and he's on a green square, but you've got four other red squares it would be worthwhile for you to change that green square into a red square and you can do that that's one of the things you can do you pay a little bit of gold and you can modify that that then gives you a better bonus so and that's really it you're going around you get money or you get points for completing laps money uh I keep calling it money points for placing monsters Magic points money. for, for yep <laughs> points for fighting with monsters and doing all this type of thing but it is heavily luck based mm. it is day it is dice rolling yeah that sounds like... yeah so um what do i think of the game so far i really like the this little bit of world and story that i've got so far um, that's quite cool, and I I like the whole presentation. I like the cards. The monsters are quite cool. 
Um, so kind of the collectible card section of it is quite cool. It's got the usual things that you can do in it, like in Yu-Gi-Oh! or in real-life Magic and all those types of games. You can you spend in-game currency to buy these packs of cards they open up, and then you can build a deck. Mm-hmm. Um, that's okay. It's fine. But I like the artwork of the cards. There's a little corn monster, and he looks quite cool. There's... Um, uh, then you've got... C or a K? C. <laughs> um, uh, there is, you know, your usual tropes as Amazons, and there's all yeah. mythical creatures and things like that. Uh, and the artwork and the cards are nice and everything. And yep, very good. Yeah, but right. the yeah, the the board game itself though, it's a lot of rolling dice, and yeah. that's where my problem comes in because I played. So I did the story, and I think I've done f- four or five battles with, you know, so I've played Cold Set, the, the game, mm-hmm. four or five times against different opponents. And I've won I won most of them, and then the, the, uh, the main story starts. So you get a prologue, which is the tutorial, and then you get kind of the first part. And it's still, you're getting to know some of the characters, and it may introduce a couple of different concepts in. And that's fine. You're expect you're probably expected to walk over those, no problem at all. Mm-hmm. Then the the game starts, and my character's out for a walk, and you come across one of the baddies. What are you doing here? I'm going to beat you into the ground. Let's have a battle. So off you go. You have your fight, and you you play the game. I lost this game. Now normally you would go, okay, they've up the they've up the difficulty that's fine it didn't feel like that the other thing that i did was i'd earned some cards so i f- i was fiddling around with my deck and i thought okay i wonder if i've been fiddling too much i you know taken something out that i shouldn't have and I've, I've not understood the card i thought right i'm going to have a i'll start the, the game again and see how i get on and within the first five rounds i was I was streaking ahead. There was no way the person was going to catch me. And the difference between what I did that time and what I did in the previous game was nothing. It was the rolling of the dice because when we played the first time, the my opponent was getting all the rolls that he was able to, every time for the first couple of rounds, he was able to land on a fresh space and put out a new monster. He could then chain, he could get his chain bonuses, and that was it. Everything was hunky-dory. I, however, I think I landed on two fresh spaces. Every every other time I was either landing on the gate where I was earning money, but it wasn't doing anything. I wasn't able to play any monsters. I I couldn't get any momentum. And it was down to the dice rolls. That was it. Yeah. So... This this skill feels like it is in building your cards, yeah. You know, and choosing the deck. Yeah, yeah. But again, the cards are dealt to you randomly, so you get a, a hand of five cards, and what's going to come out of the deck? I mean, that's, really... that's all card games. Right? Yeah, so that, the, the, the building your deck is definitely something that you yeah you, you stack the deck so that ideally 
almost everything that comes out is useful in some way but yes yeah it's useful to your style of play but when it's when it is it it is monopoly you're you're rolling it's roll and move Mm. and yeah i'm not i'm not sold now see a good couple of years ago before we really got into all the board games I probably would be okay with this but yeah. right now it's just it's, it's not my thing I'm not and this this is why I'm torn I'm not the game itself the, the whole presentation of the package and can't fault it the sound is really good the interface where it teaches you the game there's uh, voice prompts that come up that Everything works really well, and it's all well. It is all well put together. Yeah, can't can't fault it. But I keep coming back to this board game is not. I don't think it's for me. Yeah, and it I, seems like it, it's probably good if you're not super into board games. Um. Yeah. Or if you're. Yeah. Or if you're into if you're super into board games, but know that you really like roll and move games. Yeah, I think so, and it's yeah. I think that is where it, where it's going to be. It's just it's not going to be for me, and it's a shame because there's so you've got the quest mode, then you've got the solo mode, so you can there's now a whole host of characters. I can battle them one at a time without following the story. That's no yeah. problem. Make up a deck of cards or buy some extra cards, put them in a deck, go for it have a little battle uh there is online multiplayer there is also local multiplayer so you can play with different people as well uh yeah the 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 game is as well is so you've got that big square board that i was telling you about and you're all um you can play up to well i don't know how many people you can play up to on the same board but i've played in in the story mode we played a three-player game and and that makes it more interesting because there's less squares for you to put monsters on. Yeah, and there's more more people yeah. putting monsters on everything. So yes, yeah, and that game in particular felt like I was it was engineered that I couldn't lose. Mm-hmm. It just felt it, it may have just been the luck of the dice, but it just felt that that this is kind of a semi tutorial game to give me an idea. Yeah can I teach you this is what it's like when there's more people on the board yes you're gonna win don't worry about it too much yeah yeah but yeah the other thing is it takes a while so uh, for you to roll you know you take your roll and do everything and then I take a roll that's one round you know mm-hmm. as getting a turn each um, to see a round played can take two yeah two three minutes it's not long, yeah, that's not bad. but considering that the the shortest game that I've played has taken place over twenty five rounds. Hmm. Can you turn off like AI movements and stuff like that? You can. You can speed things up a little bit, but it's it is beneficial to see what they're doing. Yeah. True. Um. So th- there's that kind of balance. I haven't turned anything off that way, but. I'm looking at, you know, 40 minutes at a time to play a game. Mm-hmm. 
and I don't it's weird I don't know how much more of that I want to play because it's not my style but I'm curious to see how the story pans out and things like that as well so yeah it's it's going to be interesting I, I don't feel I've played enough for the review as well so I I, I am I think it's one of the first times that I've played something and I'm kind of torn yeah because normally if you play something and you don't like it generally you you know most of us as as gamers and especially when we do what we do with the podcast and reviews and things we are quite susceptible to playing everything and we'll so we can play it and if we like it it's normally it's good it's well made if we don't like it there's normally something wrong with the way that it's made yeah every now and again it's just something that you know yeah yes and that you're aware that is still well made and you're like well someone might there is an audience for this it's just not me yes and i think that's where i'm gonna have to go with this that's fair yeah so um i don't think you would like it yeah it doesn't sound like it sounds like something i would have liked in high school Yes, when I was super um, into Yu-Gi-Oh and yeah, all the Yu-Gi-Oh spin-offs, were, which were kind of things like this, that were combinations of board games and stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I'm definitely I'll show it to you at Game of the Year and when we're doing board game days and things like that. Let you have a look and I, definitely something you should see, but I wouldn't suggest you buy it. That's fair. But hey, if it does sound interesting, it like i said it is very well made very well put together go and check it out i think it comes out this week i think you're right yeah yeah so or, i guess by the time podcast out well, yeah it will already be out yeah <laughs> so um well let's move on very quickly uh you picked up a a new game that i didn't pick up for the nintendo switch i was curious about though which is pan kapu I'm not too sure how. Yeah, they say it at the start. I've already forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Pankapu is a 2D platformer. It's a. It's weird. It's like an action-based 2D platformer that's really pretty, as you can expect at this point from indie 2D platformers. Uh-huh. Um, it's no Cuphead though. You know, it kind of sours everything these days now. <laughs> um, and it's it's all right. It's it's not. It doesn't really do anything super special it's got you know some light combat where you're hitting things with swords and you've got a shield um you unlock more abilities as you go you unlock i think you unlock different forms as you go i've not actually got that far yet but that's what it kind of looked like from you know some of the screenshots and stuff uh-huh um but the whole like setting is the um you're inside a like land of dreams like you this it starts with like a framing device of a, a father telling like his daughter story to get her to go to sleep and it's about you know this darkness that takes over the world of dreams and then this warrior of dreams goes through and is defeating the darkness and it's it's all right i don't know if i'd necessarily recommend it uh right i bought it on a whim because it looked quite pretty um and because i'm hoping to do some kind of video thing about 2d platformers on switch Right. And so I was like, that one looks quite good. Maybe that will end up on like a list of ones I recommend. It's not gonna. <laughs> um, it's weird. It's one of those things where it's a good game. I'm going to play through it. I'm going to play through the whole thing. Um, I am enjoying it, but 
there are so many stronger platformers on this console already. Like, even in the same week it came out, like, Butcher came out, and that's supposed to be really good. Yeah. And, you know, like, Volgar the Viking came out this week, and Axiom Verge. And those are both fantastic games that came out on other things. So it's, like, it's just hard to recommend just because of the competition that it's up against. Right, okay. But it is a pretty solid uh, 2D platformer. It doesn't do anything super special, but it is a good one. Um... Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a weird one. It's I do like the art a lot. It's got a really gorgeous art style. Right. Okay. It scales down onto the the Switch screen pretty well. But yeah, it's it's hard to recommend it when there's so many other things. If you've played every other two D platform on the Switch, of which there are many, and of which most of them are really really good, then I uh-huh. think you should give it a shot. It's 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 a good one. Cool. Uh, um, sticking the Switch stuff. Uh, you've been playing more Splatoon too. Oh man, have I? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I I really love that game. It is amazing. I've spent a shitload of time on it. Uh, I I was saying to you before we started recording. I think the fact that I'm half decent at it yeah. makes it more enjoyable. I've been doing really well, so I'm currently i've put 15 hours into the game i'm level 15 and i'm even i went up a rank in one of the rank matches as well which was the rain the rain rainmaker matches i really you're, like the rainmaker ma- you're higher level and higher rank than me and i've had that game much longer than that game you. <laughs> <laughs> uh. i yeah but you had you had a lot of time with uh, the first Splatoon as well, yeah, to be I fair. Yeah, I think that is actually part of the reason I've not really stuck with Splatoon 2 is because I played so much of that first game. And the second one is really good, but it's just a slightly better version of the first game. Yeah. Um, a lot about Splatoon 2 felt like they were they were like, well, no one bought the Wii U, so we can kind of just put this game <laughs> out again and you know, give it a new polish and some new content, but you know, no one played it, so... Yes, yeah. Yeah. Um, which is great because you know it's a great Switch game and I fucking love it. But there's also a lot of other great Switch games out at the moment, so I've been jumping to other things. Uh huh. But then every time you uh, mention Splatoon two, I go and play Splatoon two. So yes, how that works. It's an amazing game. Uh, just enjoying it, having a lot of fun, and yeah, I played on Saturday. The other cool thing was I was out visiting the folks and they've got decent broadband because it was one of the last things I made sure was in the house when I moved out was decent broadband so I could take advantage of it when I went back (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and I sat and I played Splatoon again I played this AAA console title on my you know in my hands in a bedroom it was yeah it's I don't think you'll ever get tired of that. Oh, it's so good. I like. I am going on holiday, and we mentioned it earlier. We're both going on holiday in the next couple of weeks. Yes. Uh, I'm going on holiday next week, and I'm probably going to pick up the Jackbox games on the Switch, even though I already own them in other places. All right. Okay. Just because I'm sharing an apartment with you know three other people, or well, oh. four other people, including my girlfriend. I mean, oh, excellent. Um, and it's like, well, there's going to be a TV there. The, the Switch dock's really small. Like, I can just chuck that in a suitcase. 
Yes. Like, I may as well just take that stuff, put Jackbox on it, save someone. Like, we, you know, someone could take a laptop or something with them and play Jackbox or PS4 or something, but that's a lot of effort. Switch is tiny. I'm probably going to take it anyway to play on the plane, so why not also just take the dog and then also... Um, one of the people going with me actually ordered because uh, he's taking his dog, his switch as well. He ordered right. uh, many like portable dock, uh-huh. um, which is basically just like a USB C to HDMI converter with a little bit of guff inside it that makes it actually spit out images. Um, right, but it didn't ship in time, so he's like, "Well, <laughs> we just have to take a full dock." What a shame. Yeah. Cool. Anyway, Splatoon two. Sorry, <laughs> no. Um, yeah, so I was playing it, and I think I played for like an hour and a half after everyone went to bed, hour and a half, two hours, and I must have played 20-odd matches or so, and I think I won like 18 of them. I was I was on fire. It was just, and yeah, I just having a lot of fun with that game. So. Yeah, that's cool. I is cool. doing that thing that I always like when, like I've been having it with Destiny as well, where for these kind of multiplayer games when your friends are playing and you can just go on and just be like, oh, well, you know, Mike is playing Splatoon 2, I will jump on and play a couple of matches of Splatoon 2 and try and get in the same match as him. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, on a system with a better uh, online interface would maybe not be a question of maybe I can get into the same match as him, it would be I'll join on them and it'll work fine because it's fucking PSN or Xbox Live. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't be. I will try and join on him. Oh, I'm in the opposite <laughs> team though. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> which is fine. I don't think I've actually. I've only been in the same team as you like once in the, like eight or nine games that we've played together. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I went out like we were playing this a couple of weeks ago, and I backed out of the matchmaking to change my weapons so that I could use the roller specifically because you kept killing me. I yes. Like, I need something that can counter <laughs> what Mike is using just now. Switch to the paint roller and then manage to counter it. Um, yes. Probably couldn't anymore, though. You're probably a lot better than me now that you've been playing <laughs> so much of it. Uh, um, yeah, it is just really, really cool. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people as well that you get, they just kind of still treat it as a shooter when they're doing the, the territory games. Yeah. Which is. So, it's fine for like a couple of people to be doing that, but if your whole yeah. team is, it's useless. Yeah, because sometimes you can just run in behind. You know, they're they're standing up sniping at you, and if you know the map, which the maps there's not that many of them, so you can get quite used yeah, to them. Is, and and it's also one of the advantages of as much as I still think it's a bit of a silly system. The whole there's only two maps on rotation at a time thing. Yeah, it does have the advantage of that where if you don't know those maps, you're going to learn over the hour or so you're playing because you're going to play those same two matches those same two maps over and over and matches are like five minutes long so you uh-huh. a bunch of them yeah um, yeah, so you can sneak up to people and shoot them and yeah, it's really cool I, and I've got a really cool setup at the moment so when you buy the the equipment, I don't think we've ever spoke about how the equipment works, is when uh, you buy, you know, a snazzy new hat or a nice pair of shoes or something for your character, they come with um, benefit slots. Yeah. Uh, your box standard one comes with a benefit slot and you know what it does. It may give you uh, better ink resistance or you may be able to uh, move a lot quicker through the enemy ink. 
but it's one benefit you it's unlocked immediately you know what it is a lot of equipment comes with up to three extra slots um and the benefits are unlocked after you get certain experience so just playing matches with that equipment equipped and then you'll get this random thing Mm -hmm. that comes up um and at the moment, I am like super difficult to fill to kill because I've got uh, the ink resistance. I've got like three or four ink resistances. <laughs> oh, so you're just a tank. <laughs> yes, I've become a tank. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, but yeah, having still having a lot of fun with it, and I think we're probably going to be talking about more Splatoon two when it gets at game of the year time. Yeah, I think yeah, definitely. Um... Again, for me, like the, the issue for me is just that it is more Splatoon, but you know what? It's still one of the better games of the year. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, it's not quite the same as the Mario Kart situation where Mario Kart is just another Mario Kart. Or it is just the same Mario Kart. It's like there is enough new stuff in Splatoon 2 that it is a new game. And it's, uh-huh. it's yeah. It's cool. I need to play more of it. It's what I'm taking away from this, as always. <laughs> always. Always. Cool. Uh, let's move on to uh, something that, staying with the Switch, something you have bought. I bought it as well, but I know very little about it. I haven't played too much, which is a Golf Story. Uh, yeah, I've not played a massive amount of it either, but um, I can tell the story of me going to my folks the weekend, I guess, where uh, I was going to get the train to my folks. Oh, yes. And then all the trains got cancelled. Like, all of the trains out of Edinburgh got cancelled. Right. Uh, and also might be cancelled this weekend as well. We should talk about this after the podcast. Um, <laughs> but, um, the... Yeah, so, like, that that happened. And so my mum was like, well, I'll come pick you up. Because it's my parent- it was my parents' anniversary the weekend. Right. Anniversary on the Saturday. My mom was like, "Oh, we'd like you around so we can celebrate our anniversary." And I was like, "Okay, cool." And she's like, "I'll come pick you up, drop you off, uh, or you know, bring you back." And then we're like, "Okay, good." And she picked me up, drove back, and as we're like, you know, twenty minutes away, like still on the motorway, uh, the engine failed in her car, and oh, we got, we had stuff at the side of the road. Um, like it went well enough that she pulled off of the motorway onto like just a side road. And we had to wait there for four and a half hours before a tow truck came to take our car away. Oh, bloody hell. Was, like, it was two hours until someone came out from the RAC to look at it. And then once they looked at it, they're like, oh, yeah, they were going to have to tow it. There's nothing to do about it. And so they said, oh, a tow truck's going to come. We'll phone. They should phone in the next, you know, five, ten minutes to tell you how long they're going to be. They didn't phone. So I had to phone up RAC again and took like 20 minutes to get through their fucking, you know, call center stuff. And then right. like, oh yeah, it's gonna be about an hour and a half. And she's like, What? <laughs> it's, it's cold, it's my anniversary. It's what are you doing? Uh, and I was like, Oh awesome. So I cracked out my switch and said and play golf story. Um, <laughs> 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 well, like went a walk like two miles away to the nearest pet no more yeah, about two miles away to the nearest petrol station to buy like snacks and stuff because she was like, We have time to kill, fuck it. And I was like, well, I'm going to sit in the car and play Golf Story. Um, <laughs> so I sat and played the start of Golf Story, which is an indie RPG, which uh, you play golf. It's very similar to... Did you ever play like Mario Golf on 
in particular, I think the GBA ones, um, the ones by Camelot that had like a bunch of RPG stuff around them. Um, because it's a lot like those. Um, like it has this kind of JRPG stuff where you're going around, you're talking to people, you get some money and experience that you can use to buy new gear to level up, to make your golf better. Uh, it has kind of a a decent sense of humor. Don't know if I'd say good yet. Maybe if I play more of it. Um, but it, it's all right. It's it's. I'm enjoying it. Like the actual golf is good. It's simple. It's just the, you know, it's the the three bar thing, or the two bar thing, I guess more. That you know, most golf games use where you you hit it, the bar starts filling up. You hit it again. And that sets your power. And then it starts bouncing back. You hit it again, and that sets your your angle. Uh, and you can also like adjust where on the ball you hit it and that kind of stuff to add spin to it. So it's it's kind of like um, kind of like everybody's golf and things like that. Um, so yeah, like it's got a, a kind of sh- interesting sense of humor where it's like it, it's the start of that game is your what appears to be like your ex girlfriend or ex wife or something like that calls you up and is like, when are you going to move all your junk out of my house? Yes. And you're like, I'm going golfing. And she's like, wait, what? That's why you left? That's why you went all the way back there? And you're like, I'm going to be a golf pro. And she's like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> like, She literally just laughs at you through over the phone and is like, hmm, this is... I don't disagree with her. <laughs> she, she's not wrong. Um, but then there's a bunch of quirky characters. Like you go to the golf course you used to go to as a kid and there's people that are terrible at golf just hitting golf balls everywhere and smacking them through windows and stuff. And it's interesting. It's got style. I'm not sure I'm completely sold on the humor of it yet, but it's it's interesting. Um, I think I've just unlocked the ability to go to the second golf course, but I've not actually been to it yet. Um, have you played any of it yet? I no. I've played. I played a little bit of it. So I got to the point where you go. To, the person phones you up and says, come and collect your shit. And then you say, bugger this, I'm going to be the world's best golfer. And you go to the golf course. Yeah. And I've done a little bit of that. I like that. that yes. That's, I... that's been the funniest bit of the game for me so far. Yeah. So that's as much as I've done because then I got caught up with the Splatoon stuff. <laughs> you got caught up again with Splatoon stuff. Uh, yes. Uh well, yeah, I've not played a massive amount of it yet. I'm not really far enough to judge. Um, but the thing I will say is that a lot of, I've seen a lot of people comparing this to or speculating before this came out that it was going to be like this year's you know Undertale or Stardew Valley kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't think it is. Like I don't think it's that. It's not got the same personality or humor that those two managed to do. I think it's it's good. I don't think yeah. It, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it gets like really quirky and weird as you get further in or something. But at the moment, it just seems like a pretty good arcade golf game with some jokes around it. But it doesn't feel like, you know, like Undertale was a game that when I played it, I went around and was like, everyone, you have to fucking play Undertale because it's so fucking good. It's, it plays with genre conven- conventions in such a weird, interesting way that it's worth playing. I heard the same about Stardew Valley. The only reason I didn't really play Stardew Valley is because 
I'm not a big Harvest Moon guy. Like I, I, I like those games, but yeah. You know. Yeah, I struggle to get into it. Yeah, my girlfriend loved it. My girlfriend's played so fucking much Stardew Valley. Um, there was a while where I had to like fight her for the PC basically because I wanted to play PC games, but she wanted to play Stardew Valley, so it was her PC. <laughs> uh, that's fair that's, enough that's how it works uh, when, it's, when you're in a long term relationship sometimes you have to you know come to terms with the fact that it's not your PC anymore <laughs> <laughs> it's not your PC anymore even though you spent hundreds of pounds upgrading it yes yeah. Um, that's just part of life unfortunately uh, but yeah I, I'm liking Golf Story but it's not grabbing me in a massive way um, I'm going to play more of it Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's more Switch stuff, man. We all we do is talk about Switch stuff these days. Uh, you picked up Picross S, which I talked about a little bit last week. How you find that? Yeah. So Picross S, I picked it up because it came out, and Crossed I believe. Wait, what? <laughs> believe it or not, I've not played Picross before. You're crazy. Yes. i not too sure why, but anyway, I so... Uh, for some reason, I thought you'd played Picross 3D. Like, I mentioned this the other day when you told me about it, and I was like, yeah. I thought you'd played Picross 3D for some reason, which you should, if your 3DS is still in active use, you should right. pick up Picross 3D. Ah, right. Well, I, what I did check back on was I did download the free Pokemon Picross and i started off i think i must have been in a bad mood or something must have not been sitting right because i downloaded it and i think i started it up and it started to tell me about how to play the game and i i've i think i've went fuck this it's too difficult and turned it off I think that's what I've done. That's reasonable. Because I can, I always had this thing in that Picross is very hard. That I had it in my head for some of the funny reason. It's not. It's it's very simple. Yeah, I mean it gets um, hard, but yeah, it's like all puzzle games. It starts off pretty simple. Yeah, yeah. So I am. I'm quite liking it. I am quite far. I think I've done. Uh, I've done quite a few. I have done uh, 44 of the puzzles in the standard Picross. That's a lot of puzzles. I don't think I've done puzzles. Um, I'm only slightly ahead of you. I've done 47. Right. I did 44, and then what I did was I went to one on the last page because I thought, are they all are they all quite easy like this and i did puzzle number 146 and i got through it in nine minutes yeah so not bad i have i've been playing the game so i took away the the one mode where you know if you make a mistake it automatically corrects your mistake yeah i did that as well got rid of that i sometimes depending on how i feel and how uh uh, what the clues are made, you know, what the the lo- layout of the grid looks like. I'll sometimes use the the hint roulette 
Mm-hmm. I actually use that quite a bit. I turned that off as well. The only thing I left on was uh, the thing that highlights the rows to tell you if like there's something you can do in that row. So like the numbers will be blue if there is something you can do there, and it's black if there's nothing you can do there, and then it's greyed out if you've found everything. Yes. See the blue thing? I still don't fully understand it. It just means there's something you can do. So you know that there's there's at least one or two squares that you could figure out based on just what the information that is there. Uh-huh. Whether that's squares that are actually filled in or squares that are definitely can't be if then. So for example, if there's um if a row only has eight things on it. Yes. You can guarantee that and it's a sorry, it's if a row has eight things on it and it's a grid of ten. Then yes. you can guarantee that all of the squares that aren't the two on either end of it are definitely yes. filled in. Because if no matter where the eight starts for, it has to go through all those. So it'll show up blue until you fill all those in. Ah, uh, right, then it'll okay. Be black because you can't do anything else. Unless there's right. information there to let you know something else. Yes. Yeah. Ah. Uh, right. Yeah. Or conversely, if there's eight, if if you know there's eight there and you've got across like you know two blocks in, then you know that first block definitely can't be one, so you can cross it out. Yes. Yeah. 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 For example, if you've got a space up in the, if you know there's a cross on the first, the first square up at the top, and it tells you that there's. Sorry, it, if you've got a squ- cross in the second one and it tells you that the first block is too yeah, big. exactly. You, you know, the one... Yeah, yeah. Um, ah, okay. Right, yeah. But I've been using the, the tin roulette just to kind of get me started with them as well. That's fair. Yeah, yeah um, I don't think it's... I don't think it's that bad. You know, it's not... It's okay, and I think I'll get better. Um, and yeah. I'll... So there's oh, yeah, some I, of them. I, that... I, didn't, I didn't want it to sound like I was like criticizing, like how do you no! use the roulette? No, it's the thing where I've played a bunch of Picross already, so I, I didn't. I felt like I didn't yes. need the roulette yeah, to start yeah. off. But um, I, in previous games, I've definitely used the roulette to start off. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, it's it's good fun. See, the, the only thing I will have to say about it that's uh, derogatory and criticizing it is what's up with the fucking pixel stuff. Some of the things you look at them and you go, there's no way that's what it says. Yeah, it's kind of... I kind of just ignore that for the most part. It's just like, I whatever. You know, I I solved the puzzle. I don't really care what it looks like at the end. <laughs> yeah. There's one that's like a staircase and you go, what? It's just a, a load of grey blocks. Well, Mike, they've made a lot of these games. <laughs> you know, there's only so much you can do with a 10 by 10 grid. Yes, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm finding it quite relaxing sometimes as well, working through the logic of going, well, that goes there, that means if that fits there, and then you chain, you know, knowing one piece of information will let you chain reaction other bits of logic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so, yes, in the short answer to your question, how am I finding it? Very good. Awesome. Uh, so, have you played any of the Mega Picross stuff that's in there? No, I have not. I 
had to look. I believe that the rules are slightly different for some of the things. Yeah, which I've not played a lot of Mega Pack Cross. Uh, I saw and went through the rules and was like, this seems way more complicated for almost no good reason. But I'm going to try it out at some point at least. Yes, yeah, it does the... I'm just looking at the the tutorial for it now, and it's like there's the mega lines. Yeah, which basically means like I think the two lines that are there have to together add up to that number. Yes. So if it's like eight, then it means there's going to be, you know, overall eight in those two. Yeah. Strange. Yeah, I it's pass yeah it doesn't seem I'll, I'll get to it at some point i'm going to play through all the regular picross first but it doesn't seem super appealing to me it doesn't seem like the most interesting you know spin on that uh, right comparatively the th- i hope they eventually make another 3d one because they made one on 2ds and 3ds uh picross 3d does the same thing but on a three-dimensional plane right so it's like you instead of having a you know, ten by ten grid. You'll have, you know, a ten by ten by ten grid. <laughs> so it goes out into the z-axis, and you're like chipping away at things. And it's basically the same rules. It's just like you know, uh, the way they handle that is you have blue and orange numbers. And so you All right. Know, okay. So you know, like, oh, there's you know, five blue numbers in here, uh, five blue cool. blocks in here, and two orange ones or something. Uh, yeah. yeah. It is a having a lot of lot of fun i i love the fact that it's on the the switch and i can just pull it out and i can chip away to on the the train when i'm going between stops and then i can come home open my bag put it in its dock and the one that i was you know humming and hawing over is now on my tv screen it's just yeah, yeah so. it's especially good when um I don't know if your your wife is, but my girlfriend is super into Picross as well. So right. When I, so when I do that, she just looks up at the TV and she's just sitting staring at it like, oh, you can do this. Like, you can you can tell in those two blocks. I, I showed her Picross and she was like, she got the concept of it very quickly. Yeah. And she went, oh, okay. No, I like that. And I said, you could probably find a Picross game on your phone. And I think at that point I kind of lost her. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I haven't played much of it on the TV when she's been around, but I think it will be one of those she'll walk past and go, oh, you can do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's, it's a good relaxing. Like a lot of people like things like crosswords and stuff and I'm not super into those. This feels like my equivalent. This feels like the thing that I can get into. That's just, you know, a relaxing little puzzle that you just sit and, you know, poke away at to pass time. Yeah. Yeah, no, I can, uh, I can relate to that, but yep. Yeah, so uh, yes, uh, Picross S, very good. You should buy it. Uh, you, I think I've got one more game to talk about, which is Shadow Tactics. Yes. So um, Shadow Tactics is a game that I really wish I had played last year because right. it kind of just you know flew under my radar. I, think I knew it was coming out, but I, there was other stuff, and I just ended up not playing it. Um, it's a strategy game that is also a stealth game in the vein of something like the Commandos series, which I never really played, but that's what I've heard a lot of, at least. Right. Um, 
but it's set in like kind of you know feudal Japan or like uh, not even that old. It's like fall of imperial Japan. It's uh, or at least it seems that way. It seems like they're kind of fighting. Uh, one side is like the shogunate, and the other side is kind of the imperialists. Um, right, and it's really good and really difficult. So. It's a game that you have a set number of characters, so I've, I'm only like three levels in at the moment, so I only have two characters at a time. Um, but you're using them to sneak through like bushes and stuff like that, stay out of vision of enemies, and kind of pick them off one by one and achieve different goals, whether it's like sneak past these enemies to this place or you know assassinate these four guys or stuff like that. Um, but then the thing where it gets really cool is like when you have two different characters, they have completely different like move sets from each other all right okay so you can kind of combo them together to do kind of cool stuff so uh one of the first things i did was you get a kind of ninja guy he's like the first guy you start with and he's like super stealthy can you know sneak around all the time climb up onto rooftops that kind of thing um and then you also get a samurai and he's not really stealthy at all but he can do damage like he murdered like two guys in a row if you just point them in the right direction right so i snuck him into a bunch of bushes but couldn't get any closer to two enemies that are in front of a door that I needed to get rid of so what I did was got my ninja dude up onto the roof behind those guys and just threw a rock down next to them to distract them just for a couple of seconds so that, that guy could move up to a closer bush and then jump out and murder both of them Uh huh. and it's just little things like that that is really fun so the ninja guy can throw you can throw rocks, you can also throw little shurikens um, and you know you can sneak up and murder people the samurai can drop bottles of sake which if that falls into an enemy's uh, cone of view they'll get distracted by it kind of like um, kind of like the magazines in Metal Gear Solid right. so like an enemy will see it and they'll be like oh I need to go investigate that there's a bottle of sake there, that's mine now and it'll you know take them off of the, whatever their patrol route is, and they'll wander off and do that. And you can you know use that to isolate people and distract them, take them out of the view of other enemies and kill them and ditch the body somewhere. Right. Um, it's really good. Uh, it also seems to have a really good story so far as well, which is quite interesting. Um, it's very character heavy. Like I said, there's only been a few characters so far, <clears throat> but they're definitely kind of building up the relationships between these characters and the world. Uh, in a way that most strategy games kind of struggle to do like older strategy games tried to do a bit more you know you command and conquer with all its fmv and stuff like that uh-huh. um but this is 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 very very good um yeah i wish i'd played it before game of the year last year because it would probably have made my list uh it probably would have been quite high up on my list in fact um like it's a combination of two things I really like, you know, stealth games and strategy games. Right. And it definitely seems to nail like both aspects of it. Um, and it has like tons of like just little quality of life things where you can, if you hold down the right mouse button, it's also on uh, consoles as well, but I've not played that version. Um, if you hold down the right mouse button anywhere, you'll drop a little ward. Which all that does is it makes a dotted line towards anyone that can see it at that time. So instead of you can also like right click individually on enemies to see their their vision cone, 
and it shows you like a really detailed vision cone where it's like a solid it's a solid green color if uh, for the part of their cone that they can see and then it's a kind of like lined out like kind of um grayed out uh section of their cone if it's blocked if their view is blocked by something so like if you're behind a bush you know it'll have you know a kind of grayed out section behind that because they can't see behind that bush but if you're standing behind that bush they'll still see you and then they're they'll come and get you um but this little ward that you can drop instead of showing the full vision cone just shows a dotted line to anyone that can see it so if you're right so if you're thinking like i'm going to move a guy over here you drop that ward first and you're like oh actually there's like four guys looking in this direction right now i won't do that um it's just neat little things like that it makes it easier um and it needs those things because it's a very difficult game like i said i'm only three levels in and it's already getting super difficult uh-huh um but it's also weird because it very much encourages quick saving and quick reloading because if you don't save for over a minute a little timer shows up at the top of the screen saying how long it has been since you last saved right like just kind of actively encouraging you to be like hey you should be saving constantly because this game is hard you're gonna need to reload <laughs> um, it's like we're not putting checkpoints in here man just save and reload <laughs> uh, which is neat and I've been doing that a lot I've been quick saving quick reloading just whenever I get caught pretty much like the right. stuff you can stuff you can do if you get caught like you can run away and hide again if you lose them or you can you know attack enemies and try and kill them but I I like try to play it fully stealthily so if I get caught I'm just like alright I'm gonna I'm gonna reload this um yeah I, I need to play more of it I'm gonna play more of it it's, it's really good it's really pretty it's got a really nice art style where it's got this kind of slightly cell shaded look like all the characters have kind of big black borders around them and stuff like that right um, and it's neat and it's every level seems to be ramping up the difficulty and adding new mechanics like I just finished or I am actually just on a level that added snow and downside of that being you leave footprints if you walk through snow so, right it's bad because it means enemies will you know if enemies see footprints they will get drawn to it and they'll walk over and they'll follow the footprints to try and find you alright okay but you can also use that to set traps you can also you know purposely I've purposely like been in a, a set of bushes and I've like dropped a, one of the characters has a little kind of bear trap style thing that you can put down mm-hmm. I'll put one of those down and then run forward through the snow and then just run back into the bush behind that knowing that the guy's going to follow my footprints directly onto that bear trap. Right. So there's a lot of little strategies like that where you're just like setting up all these cool things to wipe enemies out. Um, I am really enjoying it. I need to play more of it, but it's, it's real good so far. Been cool. up a lot of my PC time. Good. Um, and then the only other game we've got in here for video games, at least, is uh, Mario and Rabbids. Yes, yes. Yeah, so I... Yeah, I just basically wanted to uh, say that I'd finished the first world. Awesome. So, done that. And, yeah, it's a sad state of affairs because there's so many games out and that one is struggling for my attention. There's and so it's much a... Splatoon 2 to be played. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> the, 
And Mario Rabbids is a really good game. I was enjoying... I'd unlocked a proper Mario... Uh, sorry, proper Luigi. Yeah. So uh, he he's a sniper. Um, and I liked the ability that he had with it. I've started to unlock uh, the rest of the ability. So uh, Rabbid Peach, I got her healing ability. Um, I got Mario, uh, Luigi's his little drone thing that he's got. The, the explosive drone, um, the ability that he's uh, that both him and Mario have, where is it called eagle vision, or it's where they see somebody move and they fire at them. Yeah, if they're within the, the line of sight. I can't what it is. It's, it's called different things for both of them, but it's, it's yes. basically Overwatch from XCOM. Yeah, uh, really, really good game. They've taken XCOM and just simplified it, but they've simplified it the right way they haven't made it stupid or you know it's not overly simplified it's just yeah really accessible uh really good game just i am i'm upset that i don't have enough time to play it (laughs) (laughs) yeah but i think that's it for terms of video games isn't it it is cool i I played a couple of board games, um, and I'll try. I'm going to go through them as quickly as possible because we're we're running quite long tonight. But uh, I played a, a game we spoke about the last time I was on the podcast called Stop Thief, which was the restoration games game where they've taken the old 1979 classic Stop Thief. Mm-hmm. So I, I spoke about it quite extensively on the podcast. So it was just to say how we got on when we played it. A lot of fun. Everyone quite liked it. So we played a four-player game. Um, and it is, it's up to four players. And it worked quite well. It was quite good. We found a couple of uh, mistakes in the rule book. It just uh, dodgy wordings. Um, and yeah, but we figured it out. So that was fine. The app works quite well. I think quite possibly that it is close to the original. I'm imagining with it being 1979, the electronics and the circuit board that they had at that time. Yeah, it was probably a lot simpler. Yeah, it would have been a lot simpler, but it chooses what the the actions of what the the thief does at the time. Mm -hmm. And we found there's quite a lot of times where he stands still and does nothing. And it, it it's I think it's just it's a random number generator and it only picks one of four numbers. So he can I yeah the, there's only four actions that he can do, and if you translate those into you know, the one you know one action is number one, one action is number two, three, and four. It is your you've got a four number, random number generator. So <laughs> the 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 same action is it's possible that the same action is going to come up four times in a row. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it didn't take away from the game. Yeah, it was, it was good. It's good. It, it, it interesting. Yeah. I think if you play it and you kind of explain to people that it's an older game and they've, you know, they've jazzed it up a little bit, people, it fixes their expectations. They're not ex- they're not expecting to play Scythe. They're not expecting <laughs> to play Lessons from Whitechapel or something. They're, they're going, right, oh. Yeah. Um, and the game was fun. 
which is the most important thing as well, I think. Yeah. yeah. I'll try that one at some point. Yes, yeah, we we need to um, organise a game day. We're getting close to game of the year time, so was, yeah. uh, we'll need to sort that out as well. Definitely. Uh, I played another game. I don't know if you bought this one. I know you wanted to get it, so it's... Um, it's a oh Bruno Bruno Faduti and uh, Eric Lang. It's their next a uh, partnership after they did HMS Dolores. I did not pick this up. Uh, which is called Secrets, and it's another social deduction game. Uh, basically, there are uh, three sides in the game. So uh, the game is about the the Cold War. So you've got the the communists and the republican the yeah republicans yeah 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 the communists and republicans and it's a team game so there will be so many of you that are communists so many republicans and you're trying to figure out who's who uh, you're passing information or you're passing cards to each other the cards are worth various points um, so you're collecting points but the once you give somebody points, you're also getting them to do actions. Um, so the way that it works is there may be a, there's a card on the table, and I have a look at what the two cards are, and everyone that's common knowledge is two set two cards revealed. We then I then turn them face down, and I decide which one I'm going to give to somebody. I'm going to give it to them face down, and. When I give them the card, they can either accept the card and take it into their points display, um, with the risk being is if they have two cards of the same, they're invalidated, mm-hmm. and they, lo- they lose both sets of points. Uh, or they accept the card and they take the points. There's also an action on each of the cards, and you get to do that action. That action may be to get you to look at somebody else's allegiance. It may get you to swap allegiances with somebody. There's an allegiance in the center of the table, and it may get you to uh, look at that and then randomly give it to somebody. Um, But it's all done blindfolded, so nobody knows what's happening. Uh, at the start of the game, everyone looks at their allegiance, and you're not allowed to look at it again unless a card tells you you can. This is the bit of this game that I always, uh, I always that makes me really want to play it. Like yes, this. yeah. It's so cool you can, you can end up where if you've got a rough idea of what everyone is, you can then start playing the cards that allows you to move people's allegiances around. So you think you're, you know, you're a communist, and meanwhile you're a, uh, a Republican. Or the third faction, which is the hippie. Now, uh, in a five-player game, there would be two communists, two republicans, and one hippie, and then another uh, another faction thrown in as well. Uh, and basically, if the the hippies win, if they have the least points out of everyone. So, if you see somebody actually mining. You know that they're trying to get the least number of points. You know they're they're a hippie, um, and it's got a lot of the tropes and a lot of the things that these hidden role games have. We quite enjoyed it. I think we ended up playing three games in a row. It seems really cool. I, I did yeah. almost buy it. Uh, partly because it's quite cheap. Um, yes. Yeah. Like it's tw- twelve or thirteen pound. I think it is. Yeah. Uh, something like that. But then you bought it. I was like, eh. I'll, play it. I'll, I'll just play it. I'll play it first and then see if I like it. Um, exactly. Yeah. 
I then pre-ordered a completely random game instead because that was when I pre-ordered that Red Scare game, which is another oh, yes. social deduction game set in the Cold War. Yeah. Um. um yeah. Yes. So yeah, it's really good. I need to play a few more games with it with different people. This one was more subdued. There was no. There wasn't any bluffing. I was trying to get the bluffing going, mm. but they weren't for that. They were all about the playing the cards and trying to get as much information as they could for the individual selves yeah. and then manipulating alliances. So there are there are different ways of playing it. You can play it the complete, you know, the bluffing and telling lies kind of cosmic encounter way. Um, or you can play it, you know, everyone's a dead as a very serious game and all the information's for you and nobody else yeah yeah um really liked it very good and then i also played the worst game ever made game and sneer yes yeah i use the word game as as loosely as I possibly can. So I'm talking about Bears versus Babies. So this is the newest game that was done by uh, by a Kickstarter from the Oatmeal. Yeah. So this is the guys that made Exploding Kittings. Yeah. I also make a really popular webcomic, which is genuinely yeah, really good. I really like the Oatmeal. Yeah. Uh, I think that's worth mentioning um, before we before we start completely to shell their game. Yes, I didn't like yeah. exploding kittens very much either. Yeah. So, what the the game of this is is it's the players are playing. It's no, it's not even semi cooperatively. It's a competitive game, and we are all playing as the bears, and we are fighting the babies. So we've got sets of cards that we are building. Uh, or that we are using and uh, we get to build monsters we get to build bears now a bear consists of a whole range of body parts there's it's got a head a, a torso a set of legs two arms and each arm can be holding something as well mm-hmm. um, and all of these appendages and parts of the body are made up by cards um, and yeah, so you can end up with a, and it's basically when you're building these monsters, it's basically a joke, because you're building a, a what was it? A, the, the the one was a gay bear, mm-hmm. you know, and so they're using the word bear as in yeah, the, yeah. the, you know, the way that to to reference a, a homosexual man. So it's like right, okay, very good, and then so the way you would read the card is you'd read, you know, it would be a, you know, a gay bear in a tutu with, with hairy legs, for example. Yes. Your spells. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to, but it's, That's yeah. The fun. Yeah. Um, each of the cards has a, va- a number value on them. Um, and you add all the the numbers up when you've got your your person. Uh, as you're building on your turn, you can either uh, you can take is it two or three actions, and those can be a combination of drawing cards and playing cards. So when you draw a card, if it's a, a part of a bear, 
you take it into your hand and you can then play, you know, for your next action, you can play it from your hand onto the table, onto the, the bear that you're building. Mm. The scattered in there are babies, the enemy. Uh, again, the babies are the same thing. So you can have like, uh, you know, a man baby and it's, you know, it's a man wearing sunglasses and a hat and he's wearing an appy. Uh, and yeah he's got a score as well so all the babies get put in a pile and there's three types of babies and they're just basically color coded and you put them in the pile uh, that's you know you put all the red babies in the red baby pile and the blue babies in the blue baby pile um, and at one point one of your actions that you can be is you can provoke the babies so if you think you've got enough, if your monster is strong enough to take on the babies, you can say, right, we're going to fight them. And the way that it works is the person who is got the, the strongest monster but and that strongest monster can – his total score equal, is higher than the number of score of all the babies – he would win that pile. In other words, he gets those points. Okay. That's it. That's the game. Um, the The reason it's that bad is because it's so bloody boring. You're just taking cards from your hand and then you're putting them on the table to build this kind of creature, this Frankenstein's monster. And at one point, somebody might think, might say, right, well, we're going to activate that baby pile. Um, and it's down to complete luck, whoever gets the points. Everyone, at the end of that round, everyone loses the, the, the monster that was, you know, say it's the blue pile that gets activated. Yeah. You all lose your blue monsters and you start over again. It's fucking awesome awful it, yeah it doesn't sound super um the basically there was one there was twice where the pile the baby piles got activated in the game that we played but for most parts it was uh you know we're just working through and the game ends when the draw piles finish mm -hmm. so the draw piles finished and then you activate the baby piles and you lose any monsters or you gain the points um yeah to show you how well the game was going we had to interrupt our really cool conversation that we were having to get people to play the game people were more interested in having the conversation yeah. because the person whose game it was and actually i, I felt sorry felt a little bit sorry for it but she'd played it before and she said it's not the best but it's okay but she had to keep the game going because she'd be saying, right, Mike, it's your turn. You need to go. Stuart, you need to play a card now. And she basically had to nudge us to do stuff. Yeah. And and even when, you know, we'd continue talking, you were just, you weren't even looking at the pile. You'd take a card and you'd put it in your hand. Um, yeah. And I think rather than me saying, oh, it's fucking awful and I hated it and I'd rather gouge my eyes out with a spoon, I think the best idea to tell you how bad the game is is to explain that, you know, when we were playing the game, people had to force us to take our turn. And when we did it, we weren't paying attention because there was nothing there to keep that attention. Yeah. It doesn't sound. Um, it's got a nut. 
I like the exploding kittens. It's got a not safe for work pack. So I oh I built a a penis monster with penis shaped hands and whose penis plays the banjo. I don't know. That seems pretty good to me. Yeah, may uh, on this game again. The the other one was uh, one of the sets of legs was giving birth to a to a, a full grown hobo. Sorry. It's like, I just, yeah, it, it's a whole load of bad jokes and puns. That's all it is. And there's nothing wrong. I, I love a good pun and you know bad jokes and and being gross with your friends and things like that. And that's that's what it's meant to be. But. Yeah, it feels like they wanted to do sort of, you know, a Cards Against Humanity, a, an excuse for you to you know, be gross and, you know, just joke around and laugh for your friends w- with the best intentions. Yeah, no problem. But the the game that goes around that is complete nonsense. It's crap. It just doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so my, if anyone is looking at picking this up, so if you're doing your Christmas shopping and you've got an, a significant other or a friend that's into board games and you think, oh, I'll get that. It's by the guys that did Exploding Kittens. Please don't. Don't <laughs> do not do it. It's it's quite pricey in the shops. That was the other thing. So uh, a friend um, who backed the game on Kickstarter, she said that she wouldn't actually buy the game in the shops she wouldn't pay the price that they want for it in the shops i think they got a pretty decent offer price when they backed the kickstarter yeah i seem to remember it not being too bad yeah um but for what it's retailing for she said she wouldn't buy it and i think that's another indication as well yeah definitely yeah so um yeah i just basically i think i I'd mentioned Secrets because I knew it was a game you wanted to play, but I wanted yeah. to get uh, Bears versus Babies. Don't do it. <laughs> don't buy it. Don't, don't pet bears against babies. It's not a fair fight. No. Exactly, yeah. Um, <laughs> so we are running very, very short in time. So I'm just looking at stuff that's coming out for uh, weekending the 13th of October, just quickly, if there's anything of interest. A... Middle Earth Shadow of Wars coming out for Xbox one. one. Yeah, it's quite a big one for Xbox One, PC, and PS4. Um, Switch owners are getting a another kind of side-scroller shoot 'em up, a Cinemora EX. Yes, I like Cinemora. Yep. Um, what else is coming out? I'm just looking through here. I'm not going to mention everything. Um, Friday the 13th is coming to PS4 and Xbox One, so I'm assuming this is the box version of the game. And I can only hope that it is also the single-player mode because it's going to be quite pricey if they want a physical uh, media version of the game and it doesn't have the single-player mode, which they promised. So... Mm. Uh, double check what that is before you run out and buy it but uh, the multiplayer was very good when yeah. I did play it um, there's a rugby league team manager which I pass 
Um, and of course, uh, the big one coming out on Friday the thirteenth is the Evil Within two. Yeah, I should finish that first game. Yeah, me me too. I don't know if I'll pick. I don't know if I'll pick this up though because there is so many other things coming out this month which I really want to play. Yeah, this, this and... thing like I want to support it because the yes. first game didn't sell super well, and it seems like it's shocking that there is even they even got the chance to make a second game. Right. Uh, one, I've not finished the first game, and two, you know, Mario comes out this month, and a handful of other things. Well, Mario comes out at the end of the month, so I'm not too phased about that because that's in like a different yeah. payday. Yeah, I guess. That's <laughs> Is that uh, slightly but, before my payday? But... Yeah. It comes out on the day that I get paid. I think it is. So, but uh, the the ones coming out for me, the the bigger ones coming out at the moment are uh, the Fire Emblem Warriors and Gran Turismo. Yeah, yeah, I probably would pick um, at least one of those up. I'm still not super sure if I'm going to pick up Gran Turismo yet. I'll probably break when it actually comes out and gets good reviews, and I'm like, oh, fuck, I need it. Yes, but yeah, because you don't have many racing games, so. I don't, and well, I mean, I don't. I have I stick with, um, yeah. And of the simulation ones, like I, I still Project Cars never really clicked with me, and you know, I like the Forza series, but Forza Seven doesn't seem like a great one. Um, it seems like a good one. It seems like it's maybe got some missteps here and there. Yeah, so but it's not that. Yeah, it's not the best one. Exactly. Yet. So I'm going to see how GT Sport is, and if GT Sport's really, really good, then that'll be the one that gets my money. Yes. I tend to lean towards Gran Turismo over Forza anyway, just because uh, I liked Gran Turismo 5 a lot. Right. <laughs> Which is the one that people are usually weakest on, but I got into Gran Turismo 5 after they fixed it. <laughs> so right. it turns out it was a good game. Gran Turismo 6 uh, yeah. is pretty good as well. So, yeah. Um, but I think that's it. I don't think there's anything else for us to add, is there? Uh, not that I know of. No. Cool. Uh, well, in that case, I think the only thing left to do is to thank everyone for listening. Uh, find us on Facebook, uh, Glitch Free Gaming. Find us on Twitter, at Glitch Free Gaming. You can send us an email to podcast at glitchfreegaming.com. And of course, you can find us on the interwebs at uh, www.glitchfreegaming.com there is quite a few reviews up there Uh, my review for Conga Master Party and WRC7 Mm -hmm. is out Uh, we've got a few things I know we've got uh, a few of the EA Sports games going to get covered and things the review for the new Madden just came out a couple days ago yes a review of East East Eight is up. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So go and have a look. Uh, quite a lot of stuff up there, and uh, we will then see you in a couple of weeks' time. I think. Yeah, we're gonna take a bit of a break, as we mentioned at the top of the show. Yes, because uh, Kieran is going to go and uh, fiddle with people in Portugal. Exactly. And I am going to go and annoy Mickey Mouse in Paris. Yeah, I'm quite jealous. I'd rather be annoying <laughs> Mickey Mouse. Cool. So uh, until then, have fun, and uh, we will catch you on the flip side. What?
the flip side. I don't know. Oh, I'm what? fucking. I'm Mate, riffing. You've fallen. You've fallen into a portal and woken up in the eighties. I guess that's more of a nineties thing. Maybe. Uh, flip side. Eighties, nineties. Uh, Somewhere around there. Where's my DeLorean? <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> See ya.